Hello and welcome. You are listening to Radio Maria. This is our hour of catechesis. And I am very happy and privileged to have two um, young men on the show with me. We have uh, Simon Lee and we have Michael Tracy, who are going to be talking to us about their ministry in a thing called the Men of St. Joseph. Hello, both of you. Hi, Tim. Good afternoon, Tim. Hi, it's wonderful to have you both in in the studio here with us. Um, very often we do these interviews through uh, Zoom and things like that, and so it's lovely just to have you here in the flesh. Um, although we're separated currently by a, a glass screen, it's, um, it's always the way that we like to do radio is live and um, when possible to have people with us here. So I wondered if maybe we could just, if the two of you could introduce yourself, we'll start with um, Simon and uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are and um, and then we'll go on to, to Michael after that. Yeah, thanks, Tim. And um, thank you very much for introducing me as a young man. I don't normally get that. I'm actually 52. Um, so I, I live in Stockport, which is South Manchester. I'm married to Cheryl and we have a son who is 18. Um, I run an accountancy business in Stockport, which we yeah, do accounts and taxation and wealth management for owner-managed businesses throughout the South Manchester area. Um, I joined the Catholic Church at the age of 33, so nearly 20 years ago, and um, I've Love the church ever since, and um, kind of hopefully getting more and more of a devotion to Our Lady. So it's nice to be on her radio station today. And uh, journeyed on my own for a long time, really, of not from a particular Catholic background. So it's kind of journeying, enjoying it, and journeying, but maybe a bit lonely. And uh, that's one of the that's how the Men of Saint Joseph started about six six years ago. Wonderful, thank you. And uh, how about you, Mike? Hi, yeah. Um, my name's <clears throat> my name's Michael Tracy. Um, I've lived in Manchester all my life. Um, I was brought up um, as a Catholic. I've, um, my grandma had a devotion to Our Lady of Schoenstatt. Um I did all my sacraments as a young man, but unfortunately my path led me very far away from the catholic church for a long time um but i have to pinch myself really today when i'm sat here in radio maria and i can say that i'm now uh, a man of saint joseph i'm um, a devout catholic i've got my three children who are all come to mass with me every sunday they love to praise god with me um, I've just graduated from university, even though I'm, you know, I'm just turned 42. I've just got um, a first class degree in English. Mm. And all these things that have been happening to me um, really were inconceivable only six years ago when I first joined the Men of St. Joseph. Wow. So I, I understand that um, we're going to be hearing a little bit more about how the men of St. Joseph have been instrumental in your life in, um, in some kind of transformation way. And also a little bit about the, um, the beginnings of this movement. Can you tell us just in a, in a few words, uh, Simon, what, what are the men of St. Joseph? And then perhaps we'll go into the, uh, the history thereof. So the men of St. Joseph um, in Stockport, we meet every Thursday evening in the church hall at um, St. Joseph's in Stockport. And we have um, adoration, mass, and then we have a, a Catholic study. It might be the Bible or it might be the catechism. And then we have a discussion about that study. So that's what we do every week. And we've been blessed since beginning six years ago that other men in other areas have been inspired to, to start a similar uh, movement. Um, so yeah, it, it's the centre of it is a study of the Catholic faith rather than just being a, a prayer group to sort of get get your teeth into something um, and give yourself some intellectual challenge and then something to discuss and something to talk about um, and to move on your faith. So it's kind of 
a weekly study group um, that then naturally produces prayer among the men and sort of deep fellowship and friendship and bonds amongst the men. So you end up journeying together throughout the rest of the week, really, and, and forming those friendships as, as Michael and I travel down today. That's wonderful. And tell us a little bit about how it started and where, what was the beginnings of this, uh, this movement? So, yeah, as I said, I was a, a kind of a bit of a lone Catholic and, you know, excited about joining the church and, and love, I loved the church, but it was a, there was a, you know, a, a sadness about going to Mass on a regular basis that there would be very few men, in, in, especially in a midweek Mass, it would be myself and typically some old ladies so kind of journeying on my own and I found a couple of Catholic friends and was was meeting up with them going out for a curry and um, and then one of them left the area so I was again on my own so I was kind of looking for that fellowship really and then I was encouraged to take on spiritual direction so I had a couple of spiritual directors and then I was lucky to meet Father David Marsden who had just arrived in Stockport about seven years ago and he he did spiritual direction with me. Father David is a clinical psychologist and uh, specialises in the formation of men. He was a teacher in seminary and it was in spiritual direction that he um, suggested that I set up a weekly men's study group and my initial reaction was that to say no, that I didn't have time you know that that would be too much of a commitment, and because I've got a, had a, you know got a family, I've got a business or more than one business. I've got I had charitable commitments. I had you know social life and and all these things, all these busy things that we have. So I initially said that that no, that wouldn't wouldn't be a possibility. But after a few weeks of prayer, and I knew as soon as he said it, really on my heart that that it was there was something more that I needed to to do there, there was something that God had more in store for me um, and that wasn't going to happen unless I made some kind of change and some kind of more radical commitment so eventually I said that I would start that and we chose Thursday night was convenient for us both and the first Thursday um, that we we did it was April 2017 and I'm a season ticket holder at Manchester City and that, that night was City were playing at home to United and I had a ticket so I could have easily said well we'll postpone that and just start the week after but I, as I wanted to make a statement to myself as, as much as to anyone else that this was something more important than the football and, and all these other things so we, we actually started the group on the night of the Manchester derby uh, in that April and we, we had about four or five men came along that we, we kind of knew including Michael and um, we started then and we've, we've met every Thursday night since then over the last six years. Wow that does sound like quite a um, sacrifice I'm sure <laughs> probably hit a nerve for some people. It's interesting how these little things often can be um, uh, actually have big consequences you know like i think um it reminds me of that scripture that says if you're faithful in the little you'll be entrusted with much um i'd like to hear from you mike what some of these early meetings were like uh, can you remember the first meeting and, yeah, yeah yeah i can um unlike simon who had somewhere better to be that evening or somewhere important that he chose not to go to um i had nowhere else to turn to i had nowhere to go and um, I kind of went there because I had three children and I wasn't able, I wasn't allowed to see any of my children anymore. Uh, all my relationships in life were completely destroyed. Uh, I'd spent over the last 15 years of my life sort of drinking heavily, taking drugs, um, involved in crime and I was just completely broken and I couldn't take any more. So I went into these meetings and um, I was just desperate for something, anything. I was trying to cling on to something for dear life. Um, I knew that I missed my children dearly and I desperately wanted them back. Mm -hmm. I'd been to a couple of um, Sean Booth 
was a childhood friend of mine. He'd had a conversion in Strange Ways prison and um, he invited me to go to a couple of, you know, Catholic meetings. I'd met Simon at one of these and I was told about they were starting a men's group. So I kind of was carried into there basically by Sean. Wow, gosh. Yeah, that sounds incredibly moving. And and tell me, was it, um, was there something about the community of men, you know, being with other men who were strong in their faith that ignited something in you? Really, what it was, it was actually the study that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So from day one, the group, one of the pillars of the group has been serious study of the Catholic faith. Now, I dulled my wits for many, many years with drink and everything that the world told me that I needed to satisfy myself. And obviously it just led me to misery. And when I started to study the Catholic faith, it was undeniable that there was so much truth being spoken. Um, It just kind of really resounded in my soul. And I saw saw that there there could be hope for me. And, um, you know, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And and why is it a men's group? Is there a reason why it's just men and, and not a mixed group? Well, at first you kind of think nowadays that, you know, it's not very politically correct to, to exclude women. Um, but men have got, you know, a different spirituality to women and men do need other men um, to sort of, you know, iron sharpens iron, as it says, and that has definitely been the case with the men that I've come across. Uh, having good, solid Catholic men around me mm-hmm. has um, really restored me to to who God made me to be. Yeah. I suppose this this tends to often be these groups for women in the church, and there's something of a lack um, for men. And I imagine, Simon, this must have been something on your mind from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. as I said, when I was going round, to, certainly in, in Mass in, in the week, rather than the Sunday, there was, there was, there was women in the Mass, but not, not many men. So it's kind of lopsided in the church. I think we know that, don't we, that the women have really kept the thing going with their faith as they did at the beginning of, um, you know, at the beginning of the, when Christ rises. Um, so they'd kind of done their job, but it was lopsided and it, it needed to be a balance redressed. And also, yeah, I'd already been journeying with men myself um, and, and, you know, meeting for a curry. And I, I kind of knew there was something in powerful in men getting together and praying together. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that was felt right. Um, and then I think the main benefit is in the group, the men's group in the discussion, men can be very open and vulnerable with other men. That they wouldn't necessarily be if there was women there. There's the the the, the sharing is very powerful, and men um, can be honest and vulnerable and, and and show that show their wounds. So it's yeah, it's been very powerful. Yeah, of course the um, our priests are all male as well, and I think um, it's been a real shame for a lot of the priests if they they don't actually have any male friendships themselves. One of the wonderful things about being a member of the Men of St. Joseph, I've now got so many good friendships with mm-hmm. with so many priests. And sometimes we can look to, um, you know, maybe we can listen to different priests on YouTube or we listen to famous ones from around the world. But I've just found that within my own diocese and close to home, there are so many amazing, amazing priests mm. um, these men have got such a depth of knowledge, such beautiful faith, and I'm really blessed now that I can call so many of them my friend. Mm. And I think that a lot of the priests really appreciate, you know, having uh, they, they need the, they need these male friendships as well, because the women, God bless them, they have supported the churches and and the priests for such a long time, but really now it's time for for men to step up into our rightful place. As, uh, as members of the church. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you, you're hitting on, on something incredibly important. Yeah, on the first, the first night that we met, before we started a, 
uh, a Bible study. We the, the first night, or maybe the first two nights, we we read from a document by the Bishop of Phoenix, Bishop Thomas Olmsted, who wrote a document. I think it dated about two thousand and fifteen, something like that. And he writes this document to his diocese of Phoenix, but just to the men in his diocese. It's called Into the Breach. So he's, he's, he's making that call that Michael just said, that he was calling the men to step up for their role in the church, for, their, for them to be fathers in the church. So we kind of read that on the first night. Um, so there's a lot in there, like Michael says, about the, the male spirituality and, and, mm. and what that means. Yeah, I think this is perhaps a good t a chance for us to take a bit of a music break. If you've just tuned in, we're speaking to Simon Lee and Mike Tracy about the men of Joseph and um, how this group has begun, a little bit of its history, a little bit of what it, um, what these men do, and how it's impacted their lives. But um, for now, let's just go to a song. This is Magnificat, and it's uh, performed by the Blessed John Paul the 23rd Scholar. Hope you enjoy it. Save 
to the people you have chosen and holy is your name. Hello and welcome. If you've just started listening, this is Radio Maria broadcasting live from Cambridge and it's an hour, it's our hour of catechesis. And um, we have some special guests who have been speaking to us about the men of St. Joseph. We've had um, Simon Lee and uh, Mike Tracy, both uh, founding uh, members of this group. And um, hello, gentlemen. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Good. I think our microphones are coming through nice and clearly now, which is wonderful. And um, we were just talking about where to go from here and... There's been some funny banter about whether whether it would be the right thing to speak about the charism of St. Joseph or not. Um, yeah, well, um, we would, I was just saying that, really. Um, St. Joseph, obviously, is the, the man of silence, and maybe mm. we're not going to find out everything that he's been doing for us within the group until we get to heaven one day. But um, what actually happened with the group is um, we were meeting for well over 12 months, and we weren't called the Men of St. Joseph yet. We'd actually been meeting at St. Joseph's Church and nobody had had the, um, the brainwaves to give us such a, such a good name until uh, Gary Stevens, who's the head of New Dawn, New Dawn in the church, which is in Walsingham every August. Gary came to give us a talk and he just got back from um, a speaking tour around Poland where he'd been speaking to the Polish Men of St. Joseph. Now, the Polish men said that they wanted an English, a group of English men, um, an English group of the men of St. Joseph. And when Gary came and met us, he realised that he just he just had the, the perfect group. Um, there were some amazing things going on within our group. And we were invited to go to, to Rome um, for, it was called um, the Men's Siege of the... Eternal City. The Men's Siege of the Eternal City. And we had a series of talks off Father Raniero, Cantalamessa. Um, actually, there was um, 12 of us that travelled to Rome, which was obviously a great number of men to be travelling there together. Could, could you just, for those who don't know, just explain what uh, Cantalamessa's role is? Yeah, he's been the papal preacher for the past three popes. He was the papal preacher for... Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope Benedict, and for Pope Francis. Um, but uh, as the as the men of Saint Joseph, because um, Gary Stevens, not only did he give us the name of the men of Saint Joseph and invite us to Rome, he then invited us to to speak at the New Dawn Conference, and he wanted us because he could see that there was something very special happening within our group. He wanted us to reach out to other men at the conference and to do workshops and invite other men around the country to set up a similar group to our own. So um, he gave us, not only did he give us the name, the Men of St. Joseph, but he gave us a mission then that we, you know, we had to try and spread what we were doing. Hmm. And um, did you manage to see the Pope when you were in Rome? Yeah, we did. We got to, uh, we had... We didn't get to spend too much time with him, but we had we had um, we went to is it the papal audience on the on the yeah. Wednesday, and we had um, VIP seats. We oh, sat wow. very close by to him, and we had um, our photograph taken with him. It's wonderful. This is Pope Francis, of course. Yeah, Pope was, Francis. Yeah, just in two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand and eighteen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Wow. That. So you said it was the. Um, Remind me of the name, the the siege of the eternal. The men's siege of the eternal city. It was called. (laughs) So that that was just uh, that was an absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful week. Yeah. Do you have any memories from that, uh, Simon, that you'd like to share? Well, probably my favourite memory was um, with Declan, actually, who I'm looking at through the screen. Um, (laughs) That we went to the um, Philip Neri's church in Rome, and we prayed together. Um, I think we prayed a rosary at uh, St. Philip's tomb. And uh, and then I got this um, 
really strong smell of flowers that Declan and Sean didn't get. So it's kind of a bit of a gift. Um, it wasn't either of them, was it? It wasn't them, no. <laughs> and then I went back to Cancel the Messers Church, St. Joseph's it was, where we had the um, the talks. And there was a priest there who was I was in confession with and he anointed me with this oil that was exactly the same smell that I'd oh, had wow. um, the, earlier on in the, the, the day at the, at the St. Philip's tomb. So, yeah. Is that, is, um, are those kinds of things are normal for you? Have you had? No. <laughs> it seems to be normal for people like Sean, but so I was kind of glad to get one over on him um, yeah. in, in that church. So. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's really, do you, do you remember that, Mike? That's... Yeah, yeah, I remember it really well. It was, I was kind of, um, there'd been a lot that had gone on with, with me in my life, um, before that so before Gary Stevens came and he gave us the, the name the men of St Joseph I think the kind of the group had been meeting for well over a year but because we'd only we'd all come together and like I'd come from I had a very broken background there was a lot going on within my own life really where I was it, God's timing was just absolutely perfect so over the first year the men helped to restore me and put me back on my feet and um, I'd been restored then, and uh, I was really enjoying my faith. I'd had a sort of wonderful encounter. I'd had a baptism in the Holy Spirit, which had kind of, uh, when I had the baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, it was when I was reading the words, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm. And um, I felt like the men of St. Joseph, that when I was with them, that I was seeking, I knew that I was seeking God and that I was doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say that you had this uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, did somebody lay hands on you? Or? No. Actually, um, Sean, who we've mentioned so far a couple of times, who's, who'd brought me to the men of St. Joseph, he gave, he gave me a Bible and I was just, I was at home on my own. Uh, I was completely desperate. I'd been trying and trying. I'd been engaging with the men of St. Joseph, but my life seemed to be getting worse and worse. And I phoned Sean up, one of the men, for a bit of support. And I said, you know, I couldn't cope anymore. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, just keep praying. Just keep praying. Mm -hmm. And he'd given me a Bible and he told me to start reading at the, at the New Testament. So he only got six chapters in to Matthew chapter six. Oh, wow. And... Um, when I read the words, seek first the kingdom of God and and his righteousness and ev everything else will be yours as well. Yeah. I knew that I was seeking God and I knew that God had a plan for me and that he was going to, um, in, God knew that I loved my children. God knew that I missed them and that he was going to give them back to me. Mm -hmm. I just had to keep, keep doing what I was doing with the men. Right. And you were separated from your children at this point? Yeah, so, yeah. and then sort of, so I had this sort of baptism in the Holy Spirit and it was like a life-changing moment for me. But even though in that moment I knew that God was real and I was blessed, I had the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit and I had everything going great, you know, as time goes by, a month or two later, I was fighting against sort of social services to see my children mm -hmm. and things seemed to be getting worse and worse. But it just so happened that at the time with the, with the men, we were studying the Bible and we just got to the book of Exodus and all the Israelites had been freed from slavery. And even though they'd been free, they were now free, they were all moaning at Moses mm -hmm. and they all wanted to go back into captivity. Now me at this time, I'd had this baptism in the Holy Spirit, but, you know, things seemed to be getting worse for me. Mm -hmm. So just as the Israelites were saying, God, have you brought me out here into the desert to right. die? Right. What have you done this? <laughs> and I wanted, I was tempted to go back to my old ways, thinking that this wasn't working for me. But through studying this scripture with the men, and then I remember at the end of the meeting, all the men prayed with me and prayed for me. And... Um, I just kind of was strengthened through the fellowship and I knew that I had to, there was no turning back. 
and I didn't want to go back into bondage. I wanted to carry on. And as I journeyed on, I was, I did overcome something which was just like how the, the Israelites thought that when Pharaoh was bearing down on him, that they were, they were d done for. Yeah. I had sort of the social services bearing down on me yeah. and they were trying to take my youngest child and put her into, mm. um, put her into care. And um, God used that. It let it get right to the edge and right to the brink. And then God just acted powerfully and um, everything turned out wonderfully well. And um, I wonder if you, perhaps you can just, for the benefit of, of people who may be in some kind of similar situation to what you've come from, yeah. or perhaps people who know people, family members, you can say a few words of... Um, because it sounds like to me you've come from a place where it did not seem like there was anything that could could bring you from what you were in you were in a life of crime right yeah before and what had actually happened is um when i was trying to see my children i had um i was going through court to try and have contact with my children and the judge recommended that i went for a psychological assessment mm -hmm. and when i went for the psychological assessment um the psychologist said that i had um uh, a narcissistic personality disorder mm. with psychopathic traits and that I wasn't allowed to have unsupervised contact with my children. Now, all I knew was that I loved my children dearly and that I desperately wanted to see them, mm -hmm. but I had this mental health diagnosis mm. and it's actually known as being an untreatable disorder. And um, she even said in her recommendations that, you know, I could have sort of 12 months of intensive schema therapy but she had she had little hope in it working. Mm -hmm. um, but when um, I had this baptism in the Holy Spirit and I started to follow the Lord and I was going to adoration and I was just begging God mm -hmm. to open my eyes, to heal me, to show me what was wrong with me because I didn't even understand what these, you know, these descriptions of me were. I couldn't yeah. really compute it. I was begging to God to open my eyes and to show me what was wrong with me. And um, then what happened is when I said they were breathing down my neck and Pharaoh was drawing down on me, the social services, they took us to court and they issued care proceedings and it looked like they were going to take my youngest daughter and put her into care. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went into the courtroom, the judge ordered that I needed to have a further psychological assessment so I took, all the men knew what was happening and everybody was praying with me. We were praying that things could be restored. Um, I kept going to different healing services. I was praying. Um, there was a couple of times where when I was in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I wasn't really feeling particularly emotional, but a tear would just fall down my cheek. And I knew, I thought, wow, that's, I was felt really touched. Mm -hmm. It was like consolation from the Lord. So after... Um, probably the first Men of St. Joseph meeting was in the April 2017. And at the end of that year in December, I went for another psychological assessment. And when I was speaking to the psychologist for about three hours, he um, he just, I'd been talking away to him, talking away, and he just stopped me dead in my tracks. And he said, stop. I said, why, What's, what is it? And he said, uh, you've not got a personality disorder. He said, I've just been trying to trip you up for the last hour. And he said, you've not shown a single psychopathic trait. Wow. So it was just, I knew what it was. It was, I had a miraculous healing from the Lord. Yeah. And when I went back in front of the judge, he was looking at these two different reports, which were a year apart. And nobody could understand how it was possible that they, was, they were so different. Yeah, well, that sounds very much like a miracle indeed. And, and an encouragement to people who struggle with something similar or know somebody who's struggling with something similar in the, the power of prayer and the blessed sacrament and um, and yeah. the scripture. I wonder if this isn't a good time for us to go to a short uh, music break. Um, if you've just tuned in, this is our hour of catechesis on Radio Maria, and um, we've been speaking to uh, Mike Tracy about some of the wonderful things that has happened in his life through the men of St. Joseph, and we also have Simon Lee with us. 
Um, a little bit later, we'll also be opening up the phone line. So if you want to call in and ask uh, these men a question, the number to dial will be 01223-375-564. And any time from now to um, for the rest of the 25 minutes that we have on this show, you're welcome to call and I'll, I'll hand you over to them. But for now, here is As I Kneel Before You. listening to Radio Maria. This is our hour of catechesis and we've been speaking to Simon Lee and Mike Tracy about the men of St. Joseph. And um, just a reminder that if you have any questions, 
and um, or if there's just something that you want to talk about, something from maybe what uh, Mike was sharing of his story that that interested you, you can call in and the number to dial is zero one two two three three seven five five six four and I'd be happy to hand your question over to them. Um, but just now, I'd love to hear from from Simon a little bit just about the uh, like what is it that the the men actually do and and what forms like the the heart and soul of these meetings that you have this interest of meetings. Yeah, so it's um, every Thursday evening um, we meet up and this rosary at six thirty mass at seven, um, subject to a availability of a priest. So. In, in some of the years that we've done, we've just had to meet up without a priest and without the Mass. So so every time we meet up, there will be a study there. There's a study programme. Um, the first programme that we did was the um, Bible Timeline, which Jeff Cavins' uh, DVD series, so we did that. And then we did the a Catechism in a Year programme, which is Petrot Willie and some other authors. So we follow that um study and in the week people are encouraged to to read those sections of the bible and all the all those sections of the catechism and then um on the thursday evening there'll be a sharing session in in small groups often it'll just be one group if there's only um eight or ten there or if this this 15 or 20 you might split into two groups and each man will get three or four minutes to to share their reflections on on the study um, that they may or may not have done in the week. They might, so they might have watched the video on the night and just just share what they think there or, or, or just stay silent and, and listen to the other men. And what you get is often you'll get you know, a very personal reflection on what, what, what that has meant to them in, in their life currently or in the past. Uh, as Michael was sharing, it's kind of impacting our own lives. It's making the, the Bible relevant and the teachings of the church relevant. So you get some very deep and very profound <coughs> sharings. And so this, with those sharings and that common uh, appetite for the faith, obviously the, there's a natural fellowship that builds and natural bonds, friendships, that, deep friendships that build um, within the group. And therefore it naturally flows into other kind of social gatherings uh, wherever they may be. As Michael was saying, 12 of us went to Rome in that, in that year and I remember Michael saying after that we, we'd come back that the, there was, you know, you paired off to where we stayed in, in rooms of two and, and Michael said afterwards that he would have been equally comfortable to share w with any man in the group versus when we've been in gangs of men before, whether they be um, pub gangs or football gangs or golf gangs, that sometimes, you know, you kind of, you kind of think, oh, I don't want to share with him. I want to share with him. But the the Bishop Thomas Olmsted in in the document into the breach says you won't you won't find a a friend like a friend in Christ. And I think mm -hmm. that's that that common interest in in Jesus and that common Holy Spirit is yeah. The the friendships are really really deep and really really loving, really really supportive. And also can be quick to bond. I met Dec when we went to Rome was the first time I met Declan because he's obviously from down south and he's got his own group. Uh, and we just he just fitted in as if he'd been with us for all all that year really. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, the fellowship's very special. I, th I think as I said I was reluctant to start the group because I just knew really deep down that once I started to make these new friendships, then it would be a big change in my life. Because um, I think recent studies have said you, you become the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. Mm. So I kind of knew it would change me in a really radical way, and it, and it certainly has. And would you, would you say that there is a kind of common affinity between these, these uh, men that would have brought them together had it not been for the group? Are you similar people? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. No, one of our groups, Steve, always says it's... Um, testament to the holy spirit that there's no way these men could have ever come together uh, other than <laughs> through through this 
That's wonderful. We've actually been reading a little book at the moment. Um, we finished it today called The Love That Is God. Um, and it was part of a, a thing called Just Life that we do here. And um, we're talking about just that uh, in relation to the church, that it's not an affinity club, you know, where people come together because they like each other. Um, and often you find yourself with people whom you wouldn't have invited to a, a party or something like that. Um, and yet, to hear what, what you say about what Mike said of, of you know, th that kind of, um, I mean, it is love, really, you know, that... Uh, that is not a conditional love that you you'd be happy to to be um, put with any one of the people in the group. Um, there's no sort of favourites there, so that's yeah, and that's the kind of that's been the transformation for me. Before that, it was kind of a very intellectual faith mm -hmm. rather than a lived experience, and uh, yeah, and that lived experience and that love really, because when when you're lacking in love, you look for other things, um, and when you find more love you kind of are able to let go of those things so since starting the group i kind of you know given up smoking of i drink less and you know all those substitutes kind of fade away mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about the studies that you do and and um for a person who would feel perhaps a little bit daunted by the idea of a group that that is serious about studies why is it that this is is one of the pillars of of your your groups and what's its importance? Um, I, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone in terms of it, it. The groups they're available for anyone to meet them where they are really, so they can just come along and they don't have to have read everything. They can just share in the the fellowship and the love and uh, contribute in their own way. And there's no exam or test mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's very encouraging and very supportive. We've across all sorts of different men. Some some men couldn't even speak English when they started the group and they were still able to contribute over time and, and learn. So it's a very supportive um, environment. It's not an academic environment. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's great. I, I just find that the more the more I learn about the Catholic faith, the more it just sort of blows you away. Mm. It's deeper and deeper, it, it, it just, it's never ending really and uh, your faith is just enriched the more you learn about it yeah i imagine that the the catechism in a year must have been quite quite a yeah. amazing thing to do i mean now um i just love going to mass now really? and that's only because i understand you know a lot uh -huh. I'm far from, I definitely don't know everything there's so yeah. much more for me to learn but the little that i have learned has um, made my faith um, grow exponentially. And now I just love going to mass on a Sunday. Yep. And now um, my children come to mass with me. Mm. And I think it's my enthusiasm and my love for the mass and my enjoyment and my participation in the mass that now rubs off on, on my loved ones. And I can just see them that they come and they're enjoying it more and more. Yeah. That's wonderful, Simon. Yeah, I think the the advantage of the a, a sort of a solid study program, in accordance with the church, is previously when I'd been to prayer meetings, um, and sometimes even in those meetings there would be a Bible reading, and then people kind of giving their own interpretation on that. I kind of found that not as fulfilling, and mm -hmm. and it kind of often didn't go anywhere because you just have a load of different people with a load of different ideas on what it may or may not mean. So you, you weren't really progressing and, and deepening your faith in the way that you, you can with this kind of real, you know, more structured programme. Yeah. I'm currently doing the, the Catechism in a Year on a podcast uh, by an American priest. I'm sure people who know about it would, would know what I'm talking about. And it, it is amazing just how rich this tradition is that we have and we have it summarized or, or presented in um, a truly remarkable catechism. I mean, the, the catechism of Vatican II is, is such a resource. If, if any of our listeners are not familiar with the catechism, I think it's, it's something that everybody should have on their shelf and, and dip into it from time to time. We're going to go to one more music break and, um, 
just want to remind the listeners that if they want to call in and if they have any questions, they can call at uh, 0122337564. I'll say it one more time before I go to the music. And um, and we would love to take your calls if you have any questions. Um, but we will be wrapping up in the next 10 minutes or so. This is uh, Faith of Our Fathers. And um, again, the number is 1223 Three seven five five six four. listening to Rita Maria that was Faith of Our Fathers sung by the Tabernacle Choir and um, it's been a very interesting uh, hour or so where we've been speaking to um, Simon Lee and Mike Tracy about the men of St. Joseph's and I wonder if just in the last few minutes that we have if there's any particular story that perhaps yeah. one of you would like to share well, I was just going to mention when Simon was talking earlier, he said, you know, he met Father David and he, Father David, he said to Father David that he wanted to go into prisons and uh, set the prisoners free. He wanted to work with the homeless and uh, do all these things. And Father David said to him, no, you need to have a men's group and you need to learn your Catholic faith. You're not ready to go out there and do any of these things. So we've met, we've studied the faith. I've been revived, brought back to life through it. Mm. But then as a result, a few years on, when once we've got, we've, we've understand our Catholic faith, we have actually set up now, Sean Booth set up a fantastic homeless ministry. Mm. We meet in the centre of Manchester every, once a month. 
Um, Simon's and I, we've been into the prisons, we've done all these things. But now I was restored, you know, it took over a year and I was brought back to my feet. But as the momentum of the group's picking up more now, just recently we've had um, a, a drug addict, somebody who was trapped in heroin addiction for many years. He's entered the group now and he's been brought back, he's been brought back to life. Um, there was a man, he'd spent his last 16 birthdays in prison. Mm. He'd been in various prisons all around the country. This time, for his most recent birthday, we had, um, we had a holy mass said in somebody's house wow. and we had a surprise party for him. That was beautiful. He's entering into the Catholic Church this Easter. There was another man who's, um, who'd been homeless. He was been through his story he's ended up giving his testimony didn't even realize half of what he'd been through until he shared it with us and yet he'd been coming to the group every week his life is just unrecognizable mm. he's actually now he works in um he's been working on a house of prayer for the last wow. year doing tons of work there um and he's just got a beautiful faith so we're just we're just seeing these men you know that's they're kind of like the headline stories of these people who were completely lost but there's just so many other men who are just you know there's lots of all the men out there you don't really know too much about what's going on within people's lives but when they join the group um god's just healing them and um, for me my story is that you know i've been taught how to be a fat been my main role in life now is being a father to my children mm. and it's just been restored by the Lord and I just love every minute of it. That's wonderful. Um, and if people want to get involved in, in the Men of St. Joseph, is there a way that pe if somebody wanted to start a group of their own, is, is that possible? Yeah, well, we've, um, we've helped many people start groups across the nation. There's probably about a dozen groups mm -hmm. from Glasgow to London, Newcastle, all, all, all round. So, yep. if anyone wanted to start a group, I would, I would encourage them to do so. Perhaps get in touch with Radio Maria, and we would uh, get in touch with them. I would, I would get in touch with whoever it is. I would speak to them, and we would come and visit them mm -hmm. and help them, um, encourage them to, to to set up a group. Wonderful. Um, I wonder if if you would end with a prayer for us, Simon, and. Uh, just uh, pray for our listeners and um, yeah, thank you for, for being on the show. Okay, yeah, so um, I'd just like to um, part of the, the bigger vision is, as you say Tim, to invite people to, to come together and, and form groups um, our, the bigger picture of the Men of St Joseph is to try and bring about the conversion of England so I would just like to um read a, a prayer of um, John Henry Newman mm. and I pray for Conversion England, I pray for um, all our listeners as well. And so this is from um, St John Henry Newman's um, uh, second spring sermon, in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Something remains to be undergone to complete the necessary sacrifice for this poor nation's sake. But still could we be surprised if the winter, even now, should not be quite yet over. Have we any right to take it strange if in this English land the springtime of the church should turn out to be an English spring, an uncertain, anxious time of hope and fear, of joy and suffering, of bright promise and budding hopes, yet with all of keen blasts and cold showers and sudden storms? One thing alone I know, that according to our need, so will be our strength. It is time for your visitation. Arise, O Mary, and go forward in your strength into that north country, which was once your own, and take possession of a land which knows you not. Arise, Mother of God, and with your thrilling voice, speak to those who labour with child and are in pain, till the babe of grace leaps among them. Shine on us, dear lady, with your bright face, like the sun in the strength, O morning star, O herald of peace, from your sweet eyes, from your pure smile, from your majestic brow, let ten thousand influences rain down, not to confound or overwhelm, but to persuade, to win over your enemies. O Mary, my hope, 
O Mother Undefiled, fulfil the promise of this spring. Our Lady of Walsingham, pray, pray for, for us. us. Saint Joseph, pray for yes. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Been great.